Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, football is back and Bet Online still remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, the easiest. It's the best way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag, join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you so much, Bet Online, for bringing this podcast to the people. Ah, how lovely. We meet again. It is the Mikey Likes You podcast. I am Mikey. Who likes you are you who is liked. Very simple equation. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing, liking. If you haven't done that already, now's a good time. Subscribe, like, leave a comment. Hit the little bell thingy if you're watching on YouTube so that you're made aware whenever I put out any content because, oh, it's all gold, buddy. It's all gold. Uh, uh, What was I going to say? Completely forgot. Happens to the best of us, as you can see. Um, My Patreon, that is what I was talking about. I had a back and forth with a top-tier client of mine named Trace. Really committed guy, really smart dude, ambitious. He's got, like, the type of guy that I love to work with, the type of person I love to work with, because he, no excuses made, busy, family, the whole thing, but he he hammers, and he's, and he's, he's introspective. There's some thought put into, okay, I completed my workout today. This is how it made me feel. This is how I performed. Maybe this is why I didn't perform as well as I wanted to because, oh, I didn't sleep that well last night. Oh, my, you know, I was in an argument, whatever. He takes the time to look back, to be um, positively retrospective. You know, you can get hung up on things in the past. They can drag you down, get too attached. Alternatively, though, you can really develop yourself by taking a moment to look back on what you just did or what you just experienced, how that affected you, making those notes, you know? Um, Anyway, he and I were having a back and forth, and I was expressing to him that this is why I like to do the top-tier training the way I do because it blows my mind how even some really good kind of coaches and trainers will do these cut-and-paste programs And they may be really well thought out, macros, eating, calories, set points, sets, reps, whatever. But that could absolutely not work for this particular person. And every single person has their limitations and their benefits and their upsides and their downsides and their um, shortcomings or as they see them or their genetic gifts, whatever. Their lifestyle stuff, you know, if you have three kids and you're working two jobs, your programming has to be vastly different than someone who's a 22-year-old bachelor. Um, So you get my point. Either way, I have space available on my top tier and I like to work that way. That is how things work is that if you join the top tier, I become your personal trainer and 
work with you on your eating, your habits, lifestyle stuff, and your training. But it's a constant living, breathing thing that moves and flows. Let's say you hit an injury on Monday. We got to start reprogramming come Tuesday. It's not something that can um, just linger. There has to be adaptations. There has to be pivots. And that's how I work it. And I do have spaces available. And I enjoy doing it. So if you're interested in extra assistant, assistant, as they say in Gay Perry, um, check it out. I'll put my links in the show notes below. And let's get on with the show. I welcomed a, oh, one more thing. Um, I'm working on next episode, the one to follow this one. And it is going to be about holiday survival. I'm going to attach to it another addendum that will be a kind of a hard copy that will go on my Patreon. So if you're not interested in the top tier, that's another good reason to maybe join on the other tier so that you can get access to stuff like that. Just a little bit more in-depth show notes and maybe my waxing and musings on the things that I talk about on the podcast that I can get a little bit more geeky, a little bit more detailed. And um, I can also have a little bit more interaction with you personally, which is something that I enjoy. All right, so let's get on with the show. Andy Petranik. He is, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's meant a lot to me in my life. Um, 2005, 2006, when CrossFit was not a thing yet. It was just maybe three or four CrossFit gyms in the whole country. He opened CrossFit LA. I was already working my way through bodybuilding and powerlifting. And I came across CrossFit and I was intrigued by it. There's a lot of upside to CrossFit. There's a lot of cool things about it. You know, I'm sure a lot of you have heard me bitch and moan about CrossFit, but mostly it's about what CrossFit has become. Because I do think there still is a lot of uh, value to like the competitive nature, to the programming or lack thereof as, as, it, as it is seen in CrossFit. Um, but mostly just because, look, it gets the average Joe and the average girl to put barbells on their back. And to train hard and understand what it means to train hard and to see the value in it personally. Um, Also, people, they can start to develop themselves through the kind of the crucible of the gym, which is something that most casual people who go to exercise, they don't do that. So about 2005, Andy opens up CrossFit LA and I come across him and I'm I'm intrigued because I had a friend who wrote for Muscle and Fitness and he did an article on this new way of training about how difficult it was. So I checked it out. I wasn't that impressed overall because I was like, no, I can squat and do pull-ups. You know, if I want to go on a run, I will. But certainly I'd already used the C2 rower. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't that blown away. I I wasn't uh, turned off by it, but I wasn't. But then I met Andy and I was sold. Because all the things he was talking about were things that I had always really aspired to have. Where he was using... The gym wasn't just a place to get in better shape. It was a place for him to find out more about himself. And that was what the ethos that he had for the gym and the people that he worked with. And and it was a, it was a, a almost a magnifying glass that you would apply to the mirror to get a better insight into who you were. And that and I, I joined sight unseen and I worked with Andy for a couple of years and met some great people. And he has said things to me in the past that I've echoed here on this on the podcast. Um, getting me through struggles because he's a pretty skilled endurance athlete, which is something I'm not. Um, 
and he helped me deal with things and, and just he gave me great life advice. He was a Marine um, and he's an excellent coach in many facets. And if you're interested in any type of CrossFit games, CrossFit competition, adventure races, endurance sports, things like that, or just want to get your shit more together, I highly recommend you check out Andy Petranik. He's based in Southern California, but I know he works with people all over the world. AndyPetranik.com, and uh, I will put his socials also as well in the show notes. So here you are, your interview done by me with one Andy Petranik. Andy, it is uh, really a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's always a pleasure to talk to you both on and off of a microphone, um, and it means a lot. I, I've I've said this on the podcast before that um, you know back. Many moons ago, when you first started CrossFit LA and I got involved with it, you know, through that experience, it's you and maybe just a handful of other people that have been by far the biggest positive influences on me when it comes to not only in the gym stuff, but certainly outside of it. And uh, I, I, I will be forever grateful. And also, I'm just happy to to talk to a guy like you. That's cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's been a while since we've connected and um it's been a while since I've been around the gym. I you know, I shut the gym down back in 2015. And so uh, talking to people like you that I haven't seen or talked with who tell me that the impact that it made on their life is really meaningful. And I really appreciate you saying so. It's cool. Well, you know, I, 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 I encourage everybody to go check out andypetranik.com. And I was doing some reading about you and like your, your vision for what you do as a coach now. And one of the things that you you point out is that whether it be coaching athletes, whether it be coaching people in business, but or just life coaching, whatever that is now, you know, yeah. back when you got started in that with your understanding and, and your curiosity intellectually for spirituality and self-development, it wasn't self, you know, self-help wasn't a thing. It was kind of probably looked at as this esoteric kind of strange idea. But you point out that it's it's really impossible to do it well with a pre-designed plan it has to be something that's individualistic to the person and is that something that you instinctively knew or is that something that you kind of developed and came to understand through your work i it's definitely something i came to understand um you know everybody always everybody's in the world is out there looking for the 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 five step process to living a great life or the five step process to getting more clients or the five step process to loving your wife or having a great relationship and and while there are things you can learn from those things i've found that very seldom does a cookie cutter approach work for the really big meaningful things going on in your life because everybody's got nuances and they're, they're everyone's starting in a different place and although the concepts are the same applying the concepts to your life requires a very personal approach it does and i i also think that you know i i'd definitely be interested in your opinion on this but i think that that's where the the willful kind of denial of that is where we're getting into a lot of these divisive problems that we see socially right now, where people are trying so hard to hammer down on these binary ideas of like, this is the way it is for people, when in actuality, well, that, that's not the case. Every single person is so individualistic and everyone's life experience is so shaded with infinite levels of gray that 
you can't make the, you know, these bold kind of Twitter claims of like that you are racist. If you are homophobic, if, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute. You, right. you don't really understand my life, you know? And I think that a lot of this kind of aggressive divisiveness is coming from that. You know, um, I agree. I, I think that, uh, I learned a long time ago, actually, from the first the first coach I started working with was back in 1996 or 1995. And uh, she didn't even call herself people didn't call themselves life coaches back then. She was a communication expert and she had her her company was called the Communication Arts Company. And um, she talked about the, the, you know, one of the most important aspects of developing your ability to um, deepen in your own self-love was the approach of understanding versus debate. Mm. And, you know, we live in this world that that is highly um, aligned with the, the very uh, kind of ego-formed need to win, right? Yeah. So everything we do is competitive. Everything we do, I mean, from business to families to... Um, your bank account, every there's a winner and there's a loser, and there's a right I think way. It's, it's it's particularly problematic in America. Particularly, I, think, I mean, I mean I you know, the, the world is a, a thing for sure. That's an issue yeah. just for humans, but I think it's it's on steroids for Americans. We're uh-huh. so driven by like ambition and competition and winning and you know money and whatever. It, it clouds your ability to see beyond winning and losing, and 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 maybe your definition of winning, losing. And, you know, I learned from her that debate is another one of the ways to argue your point and win, not to understand. There's no understanding in the debate. The whole purpose of a debate is to win, not to understand. And, you know, if you, if you uh, listen to a lot of the spiritual conversation the spiritual gurus of the world it's all about understanding it's it's all shades of gray and it's all nuanced and it's all um there's no such thing as winning right so you know we're all going to cross the finish line it's called death and the way we get there is all going to it's going to be different for everyone i I, you bring up a really good point you know the idea of of crossing that that ultimate finish line you know is is death and, you know, I've found such personal – this is just my experience, but just in the last two or three years, like really not kind of casually acknowledging it, but like really leaning into the fact like I'm going to die. Like let's not kid ourselves. Like I'm going to be dead. This is – there's no – it's not a, a video game. I don't get to press reset. And <laughs> recognition and kind of almost a relationship with my mortality – Um has really given me a lot of free. It kind of erased my need to find personal motivation to do things. Cause I go like, well, I only got one shot. Why would I waste my time Mm -hmm. scrolling through Instagram or whatever, you know, but if I, I'm going to be dead. So I better get this done now. Cause I, 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 the recognition of it, I think has become really, uh, really vital. And I don't think, and again, getting back and I, uh, I'm very, pro i mean i'm very red white and blue and not but i do want to acknowledge certain things i think americans have like a real hard time with death i don't know that anybody doesn't have a hard time with death well I, I, will, I will say this is like the only reason i look at it that way is because i'm not like 
Anthony Bourdain or something that has this vast, but I've been lucky enough to travel. And I also have, I'm half Mexican and my family, my Mexican side of my family is very closely connected, not only in Los Angeles, but in Mexico. And when I go to Mexico, you see people who celebrate the idea that, oh yeah, just because, just because my wife's dead doesn't mean it's over. Like there's a celebrate the day of the dead, the the celebration and understanding that we all go through this. Why are we so rigid about the idea of pushing away from it? Instead, let's let's party and understand that it, there there could be something very beautiful to it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I, and I think the difference really is not necessarily in ethnicity or 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 culture. It's really in your spiritual your your depth of your spiritual willingness to to see to understand beyond. To, to understand or to have faith that there's something beyond uh, what we see, something beyond this, you know, when, where did we come from? Nobody talks about where did we come from before we were born? How did, how did this, I mean, I know the science behind how we got where we are, but, um, you know, people always talk about, well, where do you go once you're dead? Well, it, it's, uh, when does life occur? I mean, that's the big argument about abortion. When does when does a fetus become a human? And when does it have a soul? Right. Yeah. Right. When, when does that occur? And where does the soul come from? You know, it's like, <laughs> so uh, I think that the, the people in the world that have a deeper either understanding or faith that there, there is something on the other side that we don't see um, don't have as, as many challenges around death and dying as those that don't. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Have you found either with your own personal experience or with coaching people um, that if they are not religious in a classical sense, that -hmm. they almost push back against the idea of spirituality and a soul in the afterlife? Because I certainly have found that to be really problematic, not only with people I talk to, but myself when it came to recovery, because a part of, you know, big part of the 12 steps is yeah, uh, higher power um, and spirituality and thing, and people yeah. go like, "Well, I don't believe in God." I do. I go, "Well, it might not be about that." I was one of those people, you know. I I was like, "I don't, I don't want to deal with God and religion." And it, but it took me time, and I eventually realized that it's much more than just kind of a traditional classic idea of God or Christ or Allah, whatever. It's more about an acknowledgement of these unseen powers. And have you personally, and then also people you coached, has there ever been that dissonance? There's definitely a dissonance. I mean, that's definitely water that I have to tread in carefully because someone that doesn't really, that doesn't have a religious background or doesn't really want to talk about spirituality can still benefit greatly from the work that we do. So it it, it doesn't all have to be spiritual context, but there, there is a spiritual context that is an underlying theme in all of life, whether you believe it or not. And, um, you know, if you talk about words like grace and compassion and empathy and love. Um, there, there is a there's a movement upward in the spiritual growth when you when those when those aspects of your life become more aligned for you, when you have an inner orientation that that lines up around those things, suddenly life gets easier. And you start attracting things that are different than what the way you attracted things before. And it's not a coincidence. You don't have to talk about spirituality to align yourself with a spiritual context. 
Right. It's it's very much like you know those, and I don't want to make it too, you know, corny. But when I talk to children, that it's effortless for them. They don't have to search for some intellectual idea. It's just like, oh yeah, well, of course, there's magical stuff that goes on that I don't know about. You know, right. it, it, it's it's it seems so effortless, and that, that's the stuff that I look to. to maybe it's it's like wonder and awe. You know, yeah, yeah. it's all over in their eyes. You know, and you can see it. It's really their only job in the first five years of your life is to explore the wonder and awe of this place that we live. And I, I, I love that. I love the idea of wonder and awe and spirituality, but there's something that I've dealt with. And, you know, people who are friends of mine and acquaintances that are quite introspective and, and thinkers, we've all always had this problem where we agree that that's all fine and dandy, but it doesn't pay the mortgage. You know what I'm saying? And and you are a very hardworking guy and you're, you're just someone who has your proverbial shit together and you always have ever since I've known you and you're, you're, you're a Marine, uh, you know, so you, you understand there's, there's the kind of the left brain and the right brain of it. Like sometimes rubber meets the road. I got to do this. I got how have you been able to balance like the, the more kind of traditional flowery hippie stuff with, yeah, but I gotta, I gotta get the job done too, you know? Yeah. You know, um, you would you you'd be you, you would be um reticent if or i don't know if reticence is the right word i try to sound smart why am i using a word that i don't even know what the fuck it means well hold on you may have used it properly i probably do i probably do know what it means but in that moment you know when you say a word and you're like wait a second i don't even i don't even well, know if i know what that word is do i know it live on the radio or live on tv i've, I've dug that hole and i'm like uh-oh that's right uh thank god we're on a podcast and i'm not on live tv i can edit it yes <laughs> Um, you know, uh, I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Happens to the best of them. Um, I think the, uh, the rubber does meet the road and, and, you know, a big part of, of, uh, of living effectively in this life is to be responsible for your life. Like one of the, one of the mantras I say to myself every morning, I got a whole list of mantras that I, that I've written for myself specifically. It says I'm a hundred percent responsible for a hundred percent of my life. Hmm. And what that does is it puts the onus of responsibility in my hands. I'm not a victim. So, so nothing that occurs is outside of my locus of control. Right. And even if it, even if it looks like it might be, even if it looks like, you know, somebody stole something from me or something, somebody did something to me, like it hit me in my, in the parking lot, hit my car in the parking lot. Um, how can I find a way to be responsible for what occurred? Because when I'm responsible for what occurred, I have power. And, um, that's a very, I would say that's very spiritual having, creating your own power, seeing how you are, you have the capacity to create your life. And when you take responsibility for creating the life you want, you're, you're no longer a victim of your wife or a circumstance that happened at work or your boss or the you know, sexist environment at work or what, whatever it is you're experiencing. Um, and the act of creating yourself in your life, whether you acknowledge it or not is highly spiritual. I mean, God is a creator. You are a creator. And 
when you take full responsibility for doing that, you're acting as God of your life. Right. And uh, shit, that's can't really get more spiritual than that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the big aspect of it, right? It's like really having the balls to draw the line between the things you can and can't control. And just, you know what? It's so much easier if you just say, well, everything's my fault. Not in a bad way, not in a, like the world's the weight of the world's on my shoulders, but just I'm not going to wax poetic about, well, if this guy didn't do that to me and if I did this, you know, if my wife didn't leave me. It, eventually, if you just go, well, everything's under my control, so let's just deal with it. it it's this. There's, there's a liberation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, you, you no longer start searching for um, justification and reasons why things are fucked up. You no longer look you, you, you no longer spend time looking for things to blame. Um, when you're, when you're spending your time in those circles, you, you, you're powerless. You, there's nothing, um, if somebody else is to blame for anything that goes on in your life, you have no power to influence whatever that thing is. Well, and also maybe somebody genuine, I mean, look, if you're listening to this or watching this and your, your, your husband beats the fuck out of you every single day. Yeah. That's his fault. (laughs) Don't give me, that's not your fault. But what I think what you're trying to say, and I, certainly the way I look at it is like, yes, that of course is on him. You didn't do anything to deserve that, but acknowledge that it exists and now take control of what you can. Be, be as opposed to just wallowing in the fact that someone's doing something to you. You, you have a choice. Yeah. You, you create your choice. And, you know, that's not easy. I'm not, what I'm saying is not an easy task. No. Um, because the example you just brought up, I mean, I've worked with people who've had to go through uh, the very difficult act of separating from a husband that beats them. Right. And um, it's it's fucking intense and difficult and scary. And but when you empower yourself, I don't know if you did you ever read David Goggins book? I, 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 I've read snippets, of course, like with the self-empowerment meathead buddies I have, but I've never sat down with David Goggins book. But I did I did talk to the man, which was. It's an incredible book. It's a, it's a, it's a really, really great book. In fact, the, the listen, the, the audible is much better because it's got interviews of him after each chapter. You're like the fourth person that said that to me, that it just, it makes it so much hearing him talk is makes it so much more impactful. Yeah. It's really good because he, he went through, you'd look at his early, earlier years of his life before he was a Navy SEAL and you'd think this guy is fucked. I mean, this guy was the, the family he was born into the abuse he was born into the, the the patterns that he developed as a kid, the survival um, patterns that he developed as a kid, they seem unsurvivable. They seem unchangeable, impossible. And somehow he was, he was you know, we don't have to go into his whole story. It's a, like a 400 page book, but um, it, it's really remarkable what he was able to do to turn that around. And it all stemmed from being responsible. He talks about it on his Instagram page all the time, you know, you know, man up, like, right be responsible, you know, take responsibility for that shit and do something. Um, and look, the doing of something might cause more pain at first, probably will cause more pain at first, but it's, it's the, the, it's the pain now that you're willing to endure for creating a, a, a an environment in your life that, that actually you love. Yeah, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I definitely wanted to broach with you in this conversation was, I don't want to say, I don't know exactly, but I'm going to say 2006, 2007, we were doing some CrossFit workout at, at CrossFit LA back when you were, you know, heading that place up. And it, it involved a lot of, a little bit more long distance kind of 
uh, endurance stuff. And I am not good in that department. <laughs> um, and I was, uh, I was getting really bad pain, like halfway through in my leg and you slowed way down and were jogging with me. And you said, well, one thing you got to think about is like, you're probably telling yourself, okay, I got this cramp or I got this pain. Let, let me pretend like it doesn't exist. And your advice to me was like, no, say, I'm right there with you. Okay, motherfucker, like, let's go. And, and instead of willfully kind of denying it, it's like, no, let's, let's acknowledge it and go, go right into it. And it was, it was, uh, re- I mean, not to sound corny again, but it was life-changing advice. Did it help in the moment? I don't remember. Did it? Go- I, it absolutely did. And it helped me. You know, I, I talked about that moment on my podcast, you know, 15, 16 years later, because wow. it was one of those things I could easily apply it to anything outside of exercise where, uh, you know, I went through a divorce. It was really painful, or I've, I've certainly dealt with the, these strong emotional pains with recovery and, and, uh, family and friends that are still suffering from addiction and things like that. And if I just try to live my life with smiles all the time, like, Oh, that's not really going on. I'm just going to keep going and pretend like everything's hunky dory. I'm just, it's only a matter of time before that thing. Cause whatever that pain is, is like, doing road work and hitting the heavy bag waiting for me to acknowledge it again. And it's just going to be harder when I do open up that box, as opposed to if you just go, let's go. You're right. It's painful. Let's go. Let's bring it on and let's deal with it. There's an acknowledgement of reality. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it's a, it's a willingness to confront reality as it is. And, and, and then a willingness to, to, to have um, either compassion for yourself and compassion for yourself might be, come on, let's go. That could right. be compassion. Um, it also might be, you know what? I'm not going to go today. I'm going to walk from this point forward, right. you know, th- and, and a willingness to, um, you know, I think one, you know, one of the reasons we're talking is because I made a comment on it on your Facebook post. And one of the things that I, the Facebook post you posted about your 20 year um, sobriety. Right. And one of the things I mentioned is how, while that's an incredible accomplishment, there's still a lot of inner, um, I think, what did I say? Something about a lack of self-forgiveness, mm-hmm. a lack of a, 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 a feeling that that there there's something wrong or there's been something wrong or there continues to be something wrong and I'm not off the hook. And, you know, it's it's been my experience, especially with the sp- more spiritual development and the, and the deeper sense of love is that you you can't do it wrong it's impossible it's a it's a misunderstanding that we ever do something wrong um and holding ourselves as prisoners in this world where we're against ourselves like come on body let's go let's don't be such a pussy like i mean I'm, i know i'm i'm speaking kind of the antithesis of what i just said about david goggins mm-hmm. but both are true both are true there's a there's a, uh, a a compassion and a and a an acceptance and a a um a separating from the the Monday morning quarterback that looks back on what you did yesterday and said and says you shouldn't have thrown that interception you shouldn't have treated your wife the way you treated her you shouldn't have well actually given everything that occurred and given where you are in your life, where you were in your life up until that very moment that you said what you said, there's no way you could have done it differently. 
there's, there's, it's, it would have been impossible because you didn't. How do we know? And, and to allow it to then ruin stuff going forward is just well, probably the, the worst ruining, choice, you know? Well, so the ruining of it is your it. is your inner voice, your piranha that's inside going, dude, you, you, you're an idiot. Are you kidding me? You keep doing the same thing. You keep yelling at your wife the same way. You keep throwing the same interceptions week after week. Like, you're just a loser. And like, what's wrong with you? That inner voice, it's the self- the self-judgment voice, the the um, self-beat that 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 gets in the way of your ability to relate to others to others with compassion and love because you don't relate to yourself with compassion and love. Right, absolutely. Andy Petranik is the man I'm talking to. You can get all the information that you may want at his uh, Instagram and his, his Facebook and at Andy Petranik is his Instagram and then also andypetranik.com, a very cool website where you can check out He's a very multifaceted man, and he's a very interesting fella, as you can tell. Um, and there's plenty to learn there. He is a personal coach, and you should definitely look into that. I I was thinking about the idea of the self-compassion thing, and, and you're exactly right. The only reason that it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, I never go on Facebook, and I happened to go on Facebook. I was killing time, and I, I went on, and I saw that your message to me, and it was so spot on. That I, it was just, I was moved by it and I reached out to you and then we got talking and next, you know, now we're here. But I was thinking about how it's probably not something that a lot of people could relate to when it talk, when you're talking about cocaine and, and, and booze. But one thing that people, I think, regardless of how ripped you may be or how overweight you feel that you are, one thing we can all relate to is you've been trying to lose weight or you've been trying to take care of yourself and you've been eating great. And then, of course, that one day comes where you just eat six. 16,000 calories. Mm -hmm. And if, it's like, it happened, but every one of us, I certainly have been that guy. Now you did the Sunday Super Bowl splurge and that doesn't just hurt you there. You go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, still like, I'm such a loser. I threw it all away. I'm just going to continue eating Doritos, you know? And it's like, it'd be so much better if you're like, yep, that happened. Probably not a good idea, but let's go. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and get back on the horse, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Holding yourself captive in this prison of self-judgment for the the for the for the vices, it's look, it's something that we all do. We can't help it. It's part of the it's part of the uh, mechanism that we're born with. Like we we start doing that from the moment that we realize something's wrong. We're five years old. Everything up until that point was wonderful, and then mom's late to pick us up from the from the from daycare. And you you have to make sense of why the, why is mom late? Why why do I feel so bad? I feel forgotten. I feel unloved. I feel like you know um, something's wrong. I haven't felt this feeling. And the last thing you're going to do when you're five years old is throw mom under the bus. It couldn't have been mom's fault, you know. So you the way you make sense of it is by saying something like, "Well, it must be because it." But first of all, it must be my fault because it's it it didn't happen by itself. Right. Somebody's got to, somebody has to be at fault here. So it must be my fault and I must not be smart enough. So you spend the rest of your life, your, your ego forms around this question and this, and this solution to the question, which, and the solution to that question is I'm going to be smart. I'm going to make sure I always study. I'm going to make sure I always get straight A's. I'm going to make sure I'm at the top of my class. I'm going to make sure I go to college. I'm going to make sure that I never, you know, fall short of that. And the the piranha voice inside is constantly saying is constantly warning you and telling you you're not smart enough and you continue to do things to prove that you're smart enough over and over and over and over and over again 
it's a fine line to walk to though because I I certainly suffer from this, so I, I don't want to extrapolate and be like, I know people do, but I, I think like some of the things that make you a better person overall, which make you a better father, which make you a better husband, a better whatever it may be, a better accountant. In the moment, I, I, I struggle because I go like, well, it's selfish of me to want to do this now, but I always look back and I was like, well, if I were to go to a meeting right now, instead of sit here and watch some TV show with my daughter that we watched at hundred or read, read a book. I would be a better father in the long run. If I went to the gym, I know I'd have less animus and I would be feel better about myself. And in, in the long run, I would be better if I stopped and took 15 minutes to go meditate, whatever it may be. But in the moment, it seems selfish. You're like, Oh, I'm just doing something to pamper myself. Mm-hmm. And I, it's a fine line. I walk. And I was wondering if you had any experience with that, or if you have any ideas of like dealing with that. You know? Yeah. So, so, in, in, so what I hear you saying is the struggle between being generous with your time, with your kid or with right. your wife or with your family and doing things that you need to do to keep you on the straight and narrow for, yeah, for your mean, sake like, and for your family's sake. The, off the top of my head, any type of like strenuous exercise and then, or like an AA meeting or meditation, I always go, well, it's six 30 and I've only had a couple hours of hanging with my daughter I, it, I, I'm being selfish if I go to jujitsu right now, as opposed to uh, staying here and doing what she wants to do. Right. And I, I, there's an argument to be made that I, I may be right, but at the same time, I'll wake up the next day and I will feel more kind of anxiety ridden in it because I didn't go for an hour and, and, and sweat my balls off. Mm-hmm. I would, I would have woke up the next day and been a better dad. I would have been more present. I absolutely would because I find myself getting distracted. I find myself not being present because I didn't do the things I needed to do to kind of tend to myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And and in the moment, it's a very, because sometimes, sometimes maybe right. Sometimes it's like, are you going to go golfing? Are you going to spend the one hour this week you've had, you know, because you work hard or whatever, the one hour you have to spend with your family. Like sometimes you may be right, but uh, there, like I said, it's a, it's a conflict, it's a back and forth. Well, you know? everything is nuanced, right? So there isn't an answer. You know, I'm supposed to take a trip to Japan in January to go snowboarding. Nice. And I've been struggling with the same question. Like it's a, it's 10 days away from my family. My son's not going, my son's 15. He plays soccer. There's no way that, that he could leave during that time to go. I'd love to take him. He's also not quite at the level that I, that, that would trip would be worth it for him to go. But right. should I, should I be going away at all? Should I be spending that time on myself? I haven't actually answered that question for myself yet, but I think what is more relevant are the daily choices, you know, um, because the daily choices are thing are it's, it's like the oxygen mask over your mouth first, right? They always say, put the oxygen mask over your mouth first. And a lot of times parents would say, yeah, I would never do that. I'm going to give my kid the oxygen mask first. Well, you've, you've got to remember that being selfish or this, uh, this idea that you're selfish if you go to jujitsu or you go to work out, it's, it's, not, it's actually not selfish. Because with, without the things that make you into the person that you know you, you are and you can be, your whole family suffers. And um you and the the it it suffers from a physical standpoint it suffers from a mental standpoint standpoint from an emotional standpoint if you're not doing the things you know take care of your mind your body and your spirit 
you're off. Yeah. And, and you're off emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. You're not able to do, you know, if you extrapolate it out and you don't work out for a year, you're not physically capable to do the things that you were a year, a year before with your kids. Right. Um, and you can extrapolate the same thing out mentally and emotionally. If you're not taking care of the things that keep you on the straight and narrow on a regular basis, like I have a really ironclad morning routine that I don't miss. It doesn't matter if I'm on vacation. I, I'm a little bit looser when I'm on vacation. I might, the elements might change around and I might do them later in the day, but you know, I've been meditating twice a day, every day for over two years. And I don't, and I, I just don't miss. And um, I don't miss my journaling and I don't miss my morning. I go for a walk run in the mornings, really low intensity, you know, um, because I know that, that those routines set me up to be the best version of myself that I can possibly be. And so it's, it's not worth it for me, for my, it's generous of my, me to do these things for my family. Hey fellas, look, confidence in the bedroom is really important. And I understand it can be embarrassing to try to deal with that. If you identify a problem, well, blue chew is here to save the day. Blue Chew, it's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. All right? You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is super simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, You'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is you don't have to deal with the embarrassment of waiting in line at the pharmacy, going to the doctor's office, zero awkward conversations. It all comes right to your door and you get to avoid all the stuff that I know you don't want to deal with. Listen, the bedroom, when it goes down, you want to be able to perform. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? So get yourself some Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Mikey. Receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. Gosh darn it, do we ever thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Remember to use that promo code Mikey at checkout. Oh boy, I'm going to tell you about a spoon. A magic spoon. Growing up, cereal, it was one of the best parts of being a child, right? Getting a bowl of cereal, some ice cold milk, mmm, it made your whole day. Well, when we're all trying to eat better as adults, why not have the number one ace up your sleeve right in your pantry at all times? And that is Magic Spoon cereal. It tastes as good, if not better, than all of your favorite childhood cereals. But you don't get any of the junk. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's just a bunch of regular old sugary cereal with a, some protein powder added in. Oh, no, 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 no. Zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving, and it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Amazing flavors. I've tried every one, and they're all delicious. Peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple, waffle, fruity, cocoa. Oh, man. All of them are delicious. And they, like I said, they all taste as good as your favorite childhood cereals. So head on over to magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a custom bundle of cereal. Try it today. 
Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Save $5 off your entire order. Magic Spoon's so confident in this product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund all your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this here episode. It, it is. It's like, but, and you're, you're right. There's, you're going to get zero argument from me, but it's like in those moments, you sometimes, you're like, oh, I'm going to be everyone's, you know, wonder dad or wonder husband. It's like, I'm just going to forego my hedon, what you, what you look at is like this hedonistic pleasure mm-hmm. for the sake of everyone else. But I, I know I will be, use myself as an example. I will be, I'm a very goofy, gregarious guy. There's usually just various levels of, happy for me but yep. then i notice when i do the two or three times i stack them up where it's like i didn't go to jujitsu and i didn't get my meditation in and i didn't do this because i wanted to spend more time or i wanted to do this chore that would make my life's wife's life better the next day i'm just i'm not that person i'm not that gregarious happy guy i'm a kind of distant and you know prickish well the reason <laughs> the, the reason that i um i have this really easy physical aspect of my morning routine is so that if I don't do a harder workout later, I can still check the box that I still trained. I still right. worked out. Like I do, I do mobility. Like, and I, like at this point in my life, I'm 55 years old. I, the, the intensity doesn't matter as much really to me. I don't really care about my performance, you know, in the gym or how much I can deadlift or, or how quickly I can do Murph. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really about how can I set myself up to be the best version of myself each day and then in the long run. And some days, like the other night, there was a trade-off that I had to make between making dinner and setting dinner up in a way that supported my wife because she was going to make some of dinner, but I had to buy the groceries and I was I was chopping up the onions and the sweet potatoes. And I had to make a choice. I was either going to do that or I was going to get a row, I was going to row on the rowing ergometer for 25 minutes. I definitely did not have time to do both. And I chose to support my wife. Now, the, the trick is waking up the next day and not judging myself for, you know, whatever it is I, I might feel about, about the fact that I didn't get my more intense workout in yesterday and just treating myself with compassion because it's just a choice. Yeah. And it was a choice that right or wrong, it was the choice I made and it supported my wife. It created an environment that was, uh, you know, uh, there was there was more grace and ease with dinner because I was there doing that and I didn't leave it all for her to do. Um, there was no, you know, uh, there was no upset on her side. Hey, why did you leave all this for me to do? Um, you know, and she's all for me working out. She's all for, you know, so she's not going to get down on me. But shit, if it takes her 45 minutes to an hour to prepare dinner. And I can cut that time in half by by doing some of these things for her. She doesn't always make dinner. I we we split it up, but this is just an example from two days ago. So um uh it, it's an opera. That's why it's so nuanced. You know, really it has nothing to do with the thing that you're doing. It has to do with your your level of ability to be grace at grace with yourself and to let yourself off this hook. My whole episode last episode was about honest self-honesty. And I was saying that, you know, it's really easy to not lie to other people. I mean, unless you're a sociopath, it's really easy to just be like, 
okay, I'm going to be a, a stand-up guy and I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I completely forgot to do that report boss or, uh, uh, or, you know, you know what, honey, I, I did, I, I stayed out and had a couple extra drinks with the boys and I'm sorry. It was, it's, a, you, it's easy. Like I said, unless you're completely either 10 or a sociopath, it's pretty easy to just kind of cut out dishonesty to people outwardly, but it's so hard to be honest to yourself. I mean, I and think I you can like, make an argument the other way, Mike. I mean, if they, you were cheating, if you were cheating on your wife, it'd be easy to tell her the truth. No, no, it wouldn't. But I, but, but if I was cheating on my wife, I could, that, that'd be, be, that's such an extreme example that I would then have the ability to kind of be honest with myself because if, what like, would you be telling yourself that was honest? That I'm a fucking scumbag, you know, and that I'm, you know, and, and by the way, if you're listening and you have an open relationship, that doesn't apply. I'm talking about a real committed monogamous relationship. It, I would be so ashamed. I would let, I would have known, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I let temptation get the best of what I know to be the right or wrong decision. Yeah. And that stuff, it, it, the more of the stuff where it's hard to be honest with myself is like, the example I used in the podcast was, I work, There's. I'm not going to miss workouts. I'm going to train and I'm going to eat a diet that most people would be like, well, how do you, do? I, I, it's very easy for me because I, I, I've acknowledged the benefit and I like it. It makes me feel good, mm -hmm. but I'll go months sleeping five hours a day, just not acknowledging it. You know, like I'll just be right. like, I'll be like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I, everything. And I'm, I, I've never just been like, how about you stop drinking coffee at 6 PM? How about you stop staring at a screen right before bed? And, and I'm just lying to my, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily lying as much as it's like willfully disengaging from being honest, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. No, I totally. I mean, I, I think that that is, um, I think that's one of the coping mechanisms that we have, you know, and it's, I think it's one of the reasons that cause people to need to drink, you know, I mean, I grew up in a family of my, my dad was an alcoholic, so I'm, I'm familiar with it, even though I haven't struggled with the disease. Thank, thankfully, um, and, uh, you know, and I've worked with quite a, quite a lot of alcoholics, um, coping, sedating it, 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 and I think what you're describing is there's probably something going on in your life that has you feeling like you would, there'd be something missing from your evening if you didn't either stare at the screen the way you did or didn't or you went to bed earlier than you do or whatever it is that is the is the thing and you use those things to cope with the uncomfortable feelings that you have with doing it the way you should be doing it right i which the way i know i should be doing it. and it you know what it is it's the stakes are much lower but it's exactly what i was doing with drugs and alcohol it, it's exactly right. the same thing it's just now it's coffee and, and, and YouTube. But, but I would, I would say the bigger question, Mike, is can you be okay with that? Like, is it, is it like, can you have compassion with yourself? Like it, it, like, what if it's not a lie? What if that's the thing? Look, it's not damaging your relationship. It's not really damaging your family. It's not, it's not um, damaging your body. It may be a little bit, this, the lack of sleep is damaging it some, but I, I think it is, it is though, it is damn. I mean, there's been an acknowledgement in the sense, at least I got like a pretty clear cut one, you know, I'm 43. Uh, and I went to the doctor earlier in 2022. And I usually have the, I go into 
to get my blood work done. And I'm always like, come on house, here we go. I'm hoping that my testosterone is going to be like 200 because I was like, now it's time. I'm going to get my HRT, you know? Yep. And every time I go in, my testosterone is like 1100, you know, because I deadlift heavy and I do my sprints and I eat, you know, healthy fat, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know all that. So I go in to get my blood work done and it's like, it's like 280. <laughs> you know, the doctor's like, what the fuck? And I go, uh, yeah, he's like, I'm looking at you. I know you've been exercising. Like, I know that's not, I, you got, I go, I will be very honest, doctor. I go, I, I sleep probably 30 hours a week, <laughs> a good week, you know? <laughs> and I, he's like, well, of course that's it. That's, you know, and sure. He's getting out the prescription pad for whatever, you know, non-habit forming sleep drug. I was like, no, no, I, I just got to be honest. I got to do it. And then three weeks ago by I'm my sleep etiquette's beautiful. And then it's actually erodes into, I need a distraction. So what I, I can have this cup of coffee. It makes me feel good in the moment, but not down the road, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. it's one of those things where I know I'm just, I'm just bullshitting myself. And I was thinking about when you were talking about compassion again, unless you have a serious personality disorder, it's pretty easy to be compassionate to other people, mm -hmm. but a lot of people struggle. I know I do to be compassionate to yourself. It's really very hard. difficult. Yeah. It's very hard because you have that inner, inner voice. It's constantly telling you what a shitty job you're doing over and over and over again. Like you would never, ever talk to your daughter with the same voice you talk to yourself with. No ever. fucking way. I mean, I, right. not only my kid, I would be on love line. I had a really weird kind of experiment to do like a personal experiment where kids would call me. This is an insane thing. Kids would call me for advice and they would call. And I say, I struggle with point of uh, problem A, B, and C. And I go, well, you really just do this. It would probably be helpful. Talk to your wife in this way. And then I'll leave the show and go do exactly the opposite of what I just told this guy to do. Right. 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 No, it's, I mean, that's very human. You know, we, we don't, it's, it all goes back to that story I was telling you about our original. It's really kind of an original sin. We believe that we're flawed. We believe that there's something wrong with us. From the moment that we do something or something occurs in our life that has us realize something's wrong here, something's not working. Because when you're when you're born, I mean, you think about a little baby that's born, this little angel. It's a it's a gift from God. There's yeah, nothing there's wrong not with that. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Right. Just... And and it's it's our mind. It's our it's the formulation of our ego that creates wrong and right and um, something's wrong here and. We spend our entire adult life fighting that battle, fighting that inner battle. And it can get very, very intense. And that's what causes addiction. And that's what causes all kinds of, you know, hate and discontent in your life. It's what causes people to do, um, to continue searching outward for the answer, for the thing that's plaguing them in their life. Like maybe it's where I live and you end up moving like eight times because you're never satisfied with the location of the city that you live in. Maybe it's my it's, partner. Maybe it's, maybe, it's my, maybe it's my partner. Maybe it's my job. Maybe it's right. my, you know, whatever it is. And they never turn the, turn that spotlight around on themselves. Yeah. Like, like the one thing that, that is in common with all these things that are fucked up in my life. It's me. I guess and, that's where I, where I, when you were saying that maybe that, you know, the coffee and the YouTube, it, it maybe it is what's good for you. Maybe that's where I knew it wasn't because that's the one area that those are the areas of my life that prevented me from turning the spotlight on myself as opposed to it's right. like, I'm starting right. to get those weird thoughts 
uh, uh, let me let me throw the life preserver and jump off this ship, you know, and I'll grab the cup of coffee or I'll turn on YouTube to, you know, oh, you know, some fail videos and watch people fall off, you know, parkour guys yeah. break their shatter yeah, yeah, the femur. Yeah. And, I, and my brain goes away, away. And I, I'm just avoiding doing that, which normally I, I, I at least I feel I'm pretty capable of doing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's all nuanced though, because you know, there's probably an unlimited number of things you could do to be ultra uber healthy. Like if you, if you, if you look at any of the biohackers, like if you spent your, you would, you would literally fill your entire day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep with healthy things to do to make sure you are, you know, in perfect, this perfect pillar of health for your family. And you'd spend no time doing the things of like being, being a human being and living your life visceral, visceral worthwhile stuff yeah right so you there are choices you do have to make and you just have to decide for yourself whether or not the sleep issue is is big enough and it sounds like it is is a is a big enough one to actually address and that's where getting really clear and being honest and and then being accountable and being responsible for yourself is uh it would be a really big you know, benefit to your life. Your family. I'm glad you brought that up again. And I, I'll let you wrap things up because I know you have a life that you need to do the wor <laughs> worthwhile stuff. But, you know, with the modern movement of the biohacking and the self-improvement and certainly with the advent of social media, people can get, myself included, can get so bogged down with the optimal way to do a, like, where do you, where do you draw that line? You know, like, when, you know, it's like, do I need to go and get increase my credit card debt to get the infrared sauna or can I just take better care? You know what I'm saying? Like there yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. could like you pointed out, you <clears throat> could spend your whole life just doing these things to optimize. But there has to be some level of give and take. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a really hard question. It's it goes right back to the first question we were talking about is what are the steps you need to take for a healthy and great life? It's, it's nuanced. It's different. It's different for every person. And the choices are different for every person. You know, um, if you spend all your time on the physical aspects of biohacking and you ignore the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of your life and your, and your inner well-being, you could be like, you could be in jeopardy of dying when you're 60, just the same way you could, if you completely ignore the physical aspects of your, of your life. Right. So, you know, it, there, there isn't a real answer to the question. It's, it's a matter of choice. Um, I would say that there's a much bigger impact of mental, emotional, and spiritual health that has a much bigger impact than people think on their physical health. Yeah. Um, that people don't address because it's not easy. And, um, Learning to lean into this, th these uncomfortable areas and learning to treat yourself with compassion and treat yourself with love and, um, and lean into understanding rather than debating or winning, trying to win and trying to beat someone else, um, are, are all things that, that, that will, will have a much bigger long-term impact on your internal way of being, which will then create an external way of being that you'll just be much more happy with. Right. You know, it's, it's the, finding those things that can hit that switch, you know, where there's like, everything's not a problem, you know, like, cause that's the, that's where when I I'm really struggling both sober and in use 
it's like everything was problematic when right. I'm really being sick. You know, everything was a problem. And every like you like you alluded to earlier, I'm constantly looking up for reasons why this is happening to me. Right. Not happening right. for me. This is ha- right. all everything's happening. All to happening me. to me. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a I, big, I, that's a big switch. It's a great switch to make that switch from to me to for me. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know, it really is. And, um, one, one thing that I, I, again, this genuinely is the last thing I wanted to, to run by you, but one thing that I developed through working with you was something that I hammer home and I built pretty much my entire Patreon podcast and everything around was this idea that physical fitness almost has when it's when it's when it's right has almost zero to do with your abs your lung capacity it's it's a just it's just a tool to help develop yourself mm-hmm. i have developed so much more accountability with myself self control knowing like maybe i can deadlift this 550 but there's a good chance i'll end up in the hospital I'm not going to do, you know what I'm saying? Like having being sent to the hospital, there's so much where I got these life lessons and I would like for, if you could indulge me in what you, in your many pursuits with CrossFit and and the cross and your adventure races and certainly your life in the Marine Corps, what has, you know, these challenge, these physical challenges done for you outside of a physical uh, capacity? Um, I, I think that the gym or the races or the experience in the Marines have all been, uh, they're kind of like a microchasm of life, you know, and it's, it's almost like they're the proving ground. It's the place to train for life and the, the place that the lessons show up it's a safer place for lessons to show up. Like perhaps you don't make the same mistakes in your life that you make in the gym Mm -hmm. and it's safer to make them in the gym. It's safer to make those, like you get to play around with what it's like to go too hard or what it's like to not go hard enough or what it's like to fail or what it's like to win or what it's like to have a big ego or not have a big ego. Um, What it's like to work with teams and what it's like to not work with teams or with a partner. And how do you do it? What if your partner's half your weight or half your size? What if your partner's po- toxic? You know, having, having exactly. the ability to recognize that, and you know what I'm saying? Like right. it cut bait, right? Yeah. And so I think that the uh, that all the the experience I had in in or I've had in working with people in all these physical realms has has just given me that breath of experience in all these different ways and allowed me to test and try and experiment and um and hopefully put me in a place where i'm more capable of relating to other people and being with other people i'm a v- very much of a team oriented person and i'm very much of a uh uh i can relate very quickly and very easily to a lot of people and like like you know i don't really relegate my business to only working with men or only working with men, women or only working with executives or only working with stay at home moms or fit people or, you know, sick people. Um, I've never, I've never put any limitations on it. If you got a life, I'll work with you. Um, because I want people that are committed to doing the work and to seeing where they 
where they haven't seen and to exploring where they haven't explored and to trying new things on in areas like for you, like sleep and that they haven't been willing to do an experiment with on their own. And um, yeah, I think all that, that varied experience has really helped me with all that. Awesome, man. This is a really, I, I was, I'm not surprised. It was an excellent conversation and I genuinely appreciate you taking the time to do it. I'm guaranteeing uh, listeners and viewers feel the same way. So as Andy put it, if you have a life, he'll work with you and he will make it better. He's one of those people, everyone of all different types of uh, fields in self-help always talk about like the people you surround yourself with have a big impact. And Andy is one of those people you definitely want to surround yourself with. Check out andypetranic.com. I will put his link to his socials and his website in the show notes. Andy, thank you, dude. Thanks, Mike. It's really great to be here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.